Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing quite well, uh, all things considered, Brother Shannon. How how are things over there, man? You know, I'm taking one day at a time with Jesus, as my granny yeah. used to say. <laughs> that's um, the best way to take it, really, one day at a time. That, that's the best. I tell you the truth. Um, no place is perfect on this planet, but in light of the news I see going on back home, I think I need to count myself blessed. I could be on the southern border where the invasion is going on right now, down in El Paso or somewhere like that. Oh, man. Huh. That's bad stuff. I've got a That's buddy st- who actually lives in El Paso. I haven't talked to him for a while. need to find out what he's doing down there. <laughs> it, it's, it's crazy. I'll, you know, there are really no words to describe it. I was uh, thinking this morning about the very first time that I went on Omega Man Radio, Shannon, it was 2015. Wow. And it was in this very studio. And in some ways, it seems like just a few months ago. 
things have been a blur and kind of a, a whirlwind that, that's taken us to this point. The thing that the message God put on my heart in those days, and back then I would try to put a message together and put notes, make notes, to no avail because God would always change when I got on the air what I was going to say. But in those days, I would anyway. And the Lord put on my heart to, and you will remember this because I was like a broken record repeating this message every time I was on the air, which was weekly in those days. I was on every week. And I was, the message I was given was to tell everyone who would listen to get their issues, their addictions, demonic strongholds under control because a time was coming when it would be much more difficult, if not impossible, for many of them to get those things under control. There was coming a time when there would be so much demonic power, evil darkness unleashed in our realm that it, the prayer life that we had years and years past and the things that we lived on to get by as a Christian, they were not going to have the same effect in this time. Are you finding that to be true as you observe the world around us? <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. It's getting darker by the day. God have mercy. And I know some it's are looking for America to yeah. turn around and repent, but I'm not seeing any fruits meet for repentance. How about you? None at all, Shannon. Um, and I was in that camp, as you well know, with we're going to turn this thing around. We're, we're going to flip that election. I know we can speak uh, freely on here. You're not in a, under the YouTube Slavery Act anymore. Right. So, <laughs> speak so I can speak. <laughs> no holds barred. Speak the truth. Yeah, I, I was in that camp of um, they're going to turn this. The military is going to straighten that election out. There's obviously stolen. Anyone who has an IQ above their shoe size will realize that Joe Biden didn't get 81 million votes that came in after the counting was mysteriously stopped at 10 o'clock and at three o'clock in the morning he had the votes. Anyone would know that's that's fakery. And I was on that whole bandwagon thing and I prayed, you know, you all you know to do is, God, you've got to help us. You've got to fix this. And all the prophetic people were coming out. Oh, this thing's going to be turned around twenty in 2021. It's going to be 2021, W-O-N. We will have won this thing. And, man, I was in. I was all in on it, Shannon, until the Lord started to speak to me and say, look, <laughs> if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and turn from their wicked ways. Well, we didn't do any turning. We just kept on praying and thinking, you know, oh, we're going to call down fire from heaven on this thing. But you'll know a tree by the fruit that it bears. The thing that began, the thing that I counted on from the beginning, Shannon, and let me, let me say this before I go there. I'm having a frank conversation with you, who you're one of my best friends, Shannon. You, you may not know that, but we, we build relationships in the spirit thing. And even there may be might be distance, you know, between the times we talk because we all get busy. You remain one of my best friends. This is a frank conversation I'm having with you that every listener under the sound of our voice needs to hear. They need to be in on this. This is not 
you know, going to be a super religious thing and I'm not going to throw 400 scriptures out. That's great. There's a place and a time for that. That's not what this is. This is a conversation that needs to wake up some people because things have changed and it's an emergency situation now. This is what I talked about when I said all those years, things are going to change and there's going to come a time when the darkness will be so dark. My epiphany, if you will, I woke up when I realized, well, what I thought after the election was clearly stolen and the states were clearly flipped when they had video of them pulling suitcases out from under tables after they had banished everyone from the counting rooms. I mean, I'm not trying to rehash the whole 2020. I don't care. It's irrelevant at this point. But these are important things that matter. This is fruit of a tree that you're seeing. When they pulled suitcases out from under a table, you know, at midnight and started run, they had this on video, running ballots repeatedly through the counting machine, same ballot 20, 30, 40 times to duplicate votes. I thought, oh, we got them. We got the video. They're caught now. There's no way out. This is like a mousetrap and we got them. What I didn't realize was that the court system was completely compromised and that they would not only lose in court, they would not even get their day in court. The judges would not even hear what they had to say, wouldn't even listen to the evidence. At that time, I started to think, we may be in some trouble here. Well, we'll, this will get to the Supreme Court. Surely the Supreme Court will fix this. Surely it's not corrupt all the way to the top. Well, guess what? Several states joined in with my state of Texas with a, um, a class action lawsuit that said, in, in essence, these states who violated election law compromised our votes. That We did it the correct way, and it um, destroyed our votes. What they did caused us to lose an election that, that should have gone the other way. That was the basic argument. The Supreme Court threw it out, wouldn't even hear it, wouldn't even listen to any of the evidence. In the meantime, a movie was in the works called 2000 Mules that clearly followed people who were mules, just like drug mules carry drugs to specific areas. These were ballot mules. They took bags of ballots and stuffed boxes, caught it all on video. It's it's real. A guy named Mike Lindell, the pillow guy, everyone laughs at him. It, it, he's not to be laughed at. He put together evidence, hard evidence. And listen, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I've got enough intelligence to know to come in. If it's raining outside, I don't stand out in the rain. I'm not a fool. He put together, Mike Lindell put together evidence that clearly showed that election was tampered with. It was hacked into. The uh, voting machines they used were not, uh, they didn't work as they were supposed to. They were corrupt in some instances. All that occurred to me, and I realized we weren't going to get saved from this thing. You can listen to all of the shows, and I did, and I still listen to some of them. The talk shows where they are confident. This thing behind the scenes, the white hats and the black hats. Man, I pray to God there are some white hats doing something somewhere. But I don't see any fruit of it. I don't see any evidence, any fruit. 
And I, you know, I'm a cop. I was a police officer. And you develop a certain mentality when you work in police work, when people are lying to you all the time. Every encounter will involve someone lying when you're a police officer, more than likely. You learn to look for evidence, not just listen to what people say. So I haven't seen any evidence of things turning or flipping. And here we are, quite we're in the 2024 election season. There are no more elections. That's a fallacy. The whole model, if they did not go back and fix the 2020 clearly fraudulent election, they will never, they, the deep state, it's real, will never fix and correct an election. I say fix. That's what the enemy does. He fixes the, the elections all right, but they need to be correct. And honest, and if it if there's no accountability, Shannon, for someone doing something, they're going to do it again. The criminal element will do it until they can't do it anymore. That's a law of nature. I realized that was where we were, and it was a a, a kind of a rude awakening. I said, so my approach was, so where do we go from here, Lord? This is uh, this is the time that we you warned us about. When there would be nothing we could really do in the natural, in the physical. And the Lord told me it's it's time to live at a different level than you've ever lived in the in, in the kingdom. All right. You've got to know more. To get to another level, you've got to know more things. You're only promoted in a job, a career, the world, whatever, when you know more, when you learn more. The problem is the church had not been taught. We had basically been taught the same stories over and over and over. I tell people that it's like going into school in the first and second grade, which are crucial. They're very important because it's the foundation for the rest of the uh, your education. You have to learn how to read. You have to learn the difference between an A, a B, and a C so you can read things. The problem is if you repeat the first and second grade 12 times, you haven't learned anything. You will be excellent at your A, Bs, and Cs and your two plus twos, but you won't know any of the deeper things that you're going to need to get into college or to go out and function in the world in some type of working capacity. So the church did not prepare us for these things. So how, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to dig, of course, into the word and listen, seek out. You're going to have to seek out information on resources like Omega Man. Thank God Omega Man has been on the air now. When did you go on? 2012, I think it was. Uh, Wasn't it, Shannon? 2010. So actually, June 22nd is going to be 13 years. Thank you, Lord. Because there's a resource, a training resource on these things. And, you know, you're not, and we're speaking frankly here. I'm, listeners, please try to pay attention and, and get what I'm trying to say. You're not, the listener is not going to click with every guest on here. I'm, I'm, this is honest time. Some of them you're going to find a little bit too slow or too dry or too whatever, or their audio may not be the best that, that you like that makes you comfortable. Their microphone may be substandard, whatever. There are going to be some that they don't click for you. 
However, there are going to be a lot that do. So I would tell you to search through for the ones that click with your spirit, man. And you're going to have to live in a way that is a new reality. That's based on some truths that I'm going to share some of them here with you now. But really, it's a paradigm shift in your mind, if you know what that word means. It's a new way of thinking that's different from what you did in the past, what you were in the past. Because in the past, the church that you are a member of quite possibly could have been promoting telling you you should get an unknown vaccine stuck in your arm for a pandemic that really didn't exist, that your common sense told you something's not right about everything they're telling me. You see, churches got on that bandwagon, and I don't know how many, I don't know what the percentage, I don't think I want to know, but I'm telling you that you're going to have to do some digging for yourself. When I, when I got into deliverance ministry, I didn't choose to do it, first of all. If you think you want to be in deliverance ministry, you, you need to talk to me or Shannon or another veteran person that's been in it for a while and let us possibly talk you into another ministry. <laughs> Simply because there is such a great price attached to doing this ministry. Shannon knows exactly what I'm talking about. There is a price. You have a target on you. There's a hit. There's a contract out on you. Are you protected? Yes. Are you going to stump your toe on everything you possibly could? Yes. Every little stumbling block's going to be put in front of you, and things that would be that are easy for other people are going to be hard for you. Why? Because there is an enemy who's making sure you get discouraged and you give up and you go back to your normal secular life and don't pursue this crazy deliverance stuff. That's the first indication that you're over the target, as they say. When you start having every little thing that can go wrong, go wrong. I started a, uh, Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh is a brilliant researcher and author, and she's appeared on Coast to Coast AM many times, and she's been on the Discovery Channel. She's she's a very educated and and, um, a great teacher on a lot of shows, podcasts. And somehow we we began speaking, talking to each other over subjects a few few months ago. And one day she said, would you be, she asked me, we were on a phone call. She said, would you be willing to do a podcast with me? I think these conversations you and I are having, because they were about spiritual warfare, the supernatural. And she just had her newest book is The, um, the Beast System. It may not be the right name. I think it's the B system. It's fantastic. It's all about AI and how it's going to play in. But she said, would you consider doing a podcast with me? Are you set up where you can do a podcast? And I said, well, it's funny you should ask. I, Yeah, I literally live in a house where there's a built-in recording studio because I make my living doing music and things, DJ stuff. And it's I have a studio and I record other people for money, you know, 
make albums for them and stuff like that. She said, well, I think we should do a podcast and have these conversations on the air because people are not hearing this and they need to hear it. So we did. I immediately knew that was from the Lord saying, okay, get, get busy again, get back on the air because we can get so distracted with the day-to-day things in life that we have to do. And as I said, all the, all of those little fires we have to put out that are distractions. So the minute we decided to do that podcast, uh, basically it's a heavenly warriors.com podcast. And I brought her on as a guest host, everything that could go wrong you can make a list of it started to go wrong with probably the biggest. I don't know if it's the biggest, but uh, my truck, the air conditioning wasn't blowing cold. Well, I took it. I said, I need you to put some free on it. Well, that was $1,244 later. There was a leak in the compressor and it had to be replaced. That's one example, but it's every small little, (laughs) have you ever put your car keys down or put a book that you were, it was very important to you down and you couldn't find it for three days and you know where you left it, but it wasn't there. Yeah, it was that kind of stuff and just the littlest of things, but there's a price to pay when you choose to go after, just like when you choose to go after the deep state and they demonetize you and kick you off of YouTube like they did you, Shannon, I think six or seven times. I think you gave up on a try number seven, your seventh channel. Is that right? Seventh or eighth? Yeah. So, um, yes, sir. So the sixth channel about a month ago, I got a strike and I decided I'm done with it. So, um, uh, I killed streaming on YouTube and then I created channel seven. I'm just putting uh, a special program called speak my word on there, but I'm done all streaming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and, And that is, that is a reality that I'm again, addressing today, honestly speaking to people, the enemy owns the airwaves. The enemy controls all these platforms. It is only a matter of time before they take away all of our platforms. Podcasting is the last bastion of freedom for communication. That's what we're basically doing here is podcasting. But there will come a time when somehow they will shut down the URLs, somehow control it, somehow make it illegal because it will be hate speech. All of these things we are saying will be deemed as hate speech. And that day will come. But in the meantime, we, you know, we try to get as many of these programs in the can, as we say, out there so you can listen to them. If you have the ability to download any of them, I highly encourage you to do so. So you can start a library to help the, your friends, other church members and things like that. But we, when I first went in to deliverance ministry, the Lord gave me an unorthodox um, training regime, if you would. And this is, this is how it works. I don't tell this story too often, but I was at a low, low point and it was in 2012 and I had just gone through a terrible divorce from someone I shouldn't have married, of course, but did because I had demonic strongholds in my life. I didn't understand of, you know, things from my childhood I didn't, no one had taught me about strongholds and why we make the choices we make, but it's clear now why, but I didn't know then. So the Lord 
told called me he said and I, and I didn't I always kind of scoffed it when someone said they were called into the ministry well I never got a call <laughs> you know I kind of laughed at that I was a born again spirit filled Christian with a road to Damascus conversion experience when I was a 21 year old atheist and I saw a white light as an atheist and started speaking in tongues as an atheist so I knew, you know, I, I was a Christian. I was on fire, but I had cooled, cooled way off. That was in 1980 when that experience happened to me. Since then, I had cooled off because the devil has claim checks on you that unless they're dealt with, doesn't matter how on fire, tongue talking, laying hands on the sick and they're jumping up off deathbeds, you are. If you don't deal with those demonic strongholds in your life, they're going to come a calling. They'll come back later, and they'll bring some of their friends as reinforcements. The Bible says seven of them. So I was one of those statistics who had, you know, was on fire for God doing ministry, my great music talent being used in a church, but it would always kind of end uh, in a train wreck somehow. But I'd never dealt with my demonic stronghold, so I'd gotten myself into this bad relationship Side note, like many of you are right now, and you're wondering, what in the world am I going to do here? Well, I don't, I'm not a marriage counselor, but I'm telling you, if you're not in a relationship, be very careful before you get into one, because it's a very treacherous time right now to be in any kind of relationship, because demonic strongholds in people's lives are rising up. Things that may have been dormant for a while, they're coming to the surface. And you are going to have to deal with them as the partner or spouse of this individual. So the Lord said he was calling me into deliverance ministry. As I said, I always scoffed at the, the word calling. I didn't even know what that meant. Does God, you know, stand up on a hill and call you? Rick, I'm calling you. I didn't know what it meant until it happened to me driving along one day. And the Lord speaks in my spirit and says, I'm calling you to the deliverance ministry. And my reply was, I don't know anything about the deliverance ministry. Why would you call me? There was a prophecy given to me in 1992 by two different people unrelated about a week apart. And each person came to me and said, the strangest thing happened. I was at the time a champion kickboxer, right? I owned a gym, a boxing, kickboxing gym in a city called Marshall, Texas, which was the hometown of George, Big George Foreman. Look it up. You'll see he had his training camp there and his training camp, his fighters worked out at my gym because they couldn't work out at George. George only used them for sparring partners. He did not allow them to hang out in his private ranch. It was his ranch, his gym. So they all had to work out with me at my gym. So I, that's why I became a champion with training with these guys. All right. So that's, I was happy, 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 go lucky. These two individuals walked in my office one, you know, a week apart and handed me a, a, something. And they said, the strangest thing happened. The Lord woke me up last night around midnight and had me write this for you. They, these were Christian people who I trusted. I knew them. I knew they were Christians. The first one was a nurse. She handed me that um, 
the thing she'd written hand i still have the note it was on her little stationery her nurse stationery that had a little care bear you know icon on it <laughs> it's funny i kept it all these years but it said i have made you a champion in the natural and the physical world now i'm calling you to be a champion in the spiritual world you are now going to go to battle against quote the destroyer of souls Oh, I went, well, that's nice. What does that mean? You know, because here I am. I'm Mr. Kickboxer, champion, picture all over the paper, local hero in a small town, you know, celebrity. I don't care about this. What are you talking about? Spiritual warfare. Leave that to someone else. I put it in my drawer, shut the drawer, said, thanks very much. See you later. About a week later, a different individual came, another Christian. I knew who she was. And she said the strangest thing happened. She didn't know person number one. She said the strangest thing happened around midnight last night. The Lord woke me up and asked me to write this down and give it to you. And I'm not sure what all it means, but, and there's a one word in it. She goes, I don't even know what the word means. I've never heard it before, but I wrote it and gave it. And here it is. She hands me this note, different thing altogether. It says, I have made you a champion in the natural world. Now I'm calling you to be a champion against the destroyer of souls. Uh, same wording. These people didn't know each other. They didn't coordinate this message. This was in 1992. The message went on and it the word she didn't know. It was down in the message. It said, everything that you're doing now is onerous to you being a champion of the uh, for me in spiritual warfare. She said, I'm not sure what onerous means. Well, let's look it up. Well, it just meant it was opposed to. It was opposite of. The life I was living then was opposite. Now, this is what happened to me. I don't, I don't have any motivation to make things up on this radio show. I'm already in enough hot water with a target on my back. I don't need to embellish it any. Okay. That was in 92. I ignored it. And I went into a ditch with my life. You know, but you always will. When you have a calling from the Lord and you ignore it, you're going to end up in a ditch. With the Lord, it's always been in my life two ways to do it. We can do it the hard way or we can do it the easy way. Guess which way I always chose to do it, Shannon? I had to do it the hard way because I was hard headed. So that was 92. Ten years later, life has become a, uh, a nightmare. No, 20 years later, I'm sorry. 20 years later, 2012. Just went through a terrible divorce. Was at the bottom of my rope, bottom of the barrel, bottom of the pit that I had dug, by the way, for myself. And the Lord says, I'm calling you into deliverance ministry. I said, I don't know anything about it. He says, I know you don't. And that is a disgrace because I called you to it back in 1992, and you've been in this since 1980. And you haven't learned anything. Oh, my. And I knew at that moment how it felt to be called. I knew I had no other choice if I wanted peace in my life. I had to follow that calling. It's, it's a compulsion you have when God calls you. You can't do anything else. If you are a lover of God, you have no options to do other things. 
So I surrendered. I know what it means to surrender now. I said, yes, Lord. I, well, how do I, where do I even start? Robin, um, Shannon, I'm driving in my vehicle on the road. The Lord speaks to me and says, I want you to look up and find Bob Larson. I said, Bob Larson? Isn't he that guy that used to have a television show where he, he cast out demons and stuff on the air? The Lord said, look up Bob Larson. All right. And this is not an endorsement or a condemnation of Bob Larson. I'm telling you how the Lord, what he used to get me activated. He may use something else to get you activated. It may be something way out of the realm of, of normalcy that you would normally do or that the church would approve of. But if the Lord calls you to do it, he will use, the Bible says, he, he every whatever it's Satan in Tended for wrath, the Lord will flip it and make it praise him. Okay, so the devil can try to destroy you, but God can use that. So I went to my uh, Google immediately and typed in Bob Larson, and it gave me his website. And at the time, he was, I think it was Phoenix or it's in Arizona. I think it was Phoenix or a town outside. Took me to his website, and it said, make plans to be with Bob Larson this weekend in Waco, Texas. Well, Waco's 30 minutes from me. And I did a little more digging, and it said Bob had one affiliate church besides his church in Arizona, and his one affiliate church was in Waco, Texas, all places. Immediately, I called the Waco church and left a message and said, I, I, I would like to know about getting, you know, I want to come see Bob Larson. I feel this may sound crazy. I'm leaving the message. I said, this may sound crazy, but I feel like the Lord is leading me to learn about deliverance ministry. And he told me to find Bob Larson. Thanks. Call me back. If you don't think I'm nuts, (laughs) phone rings in about 30 seconds. It's the pastor. He had just gotten the message. He said, I can tell you, you're not nuts. And I can tell you, the Lord is leading you to come and meet Bob Larson, you have a call on your life. Now, I, this is on the same day that, that God called me, Shannon. There's wow. no time has elapsed. This was, I came straight home, went to the Google, looked up Bob Larson. Now I'm talking to this pastor. He said, <clears throat> God is definitely calling you. Why don't you, I've never met him. He's a great, great pastor, great teacher. He said, and I won't use his name here, he, you know, may want his privacy, but he said, uh, why don't you come over here and we will pick up Bob at the airport. He's going to do a service in Austin, which is, uh, I'm in the middle between Waco and Austin. So he's going to do a service in Austin. Then he, we're going to drive Waco to our church and he'll do another service there and he'll spend the night and all that. So here I am, you know. Within day, or probably two days, 48 hours, I'm riding with this pastor to the airport to pick up Bob Larson, the guy I watched on television. We pick him up, and he has boxes of his books, right? You know, you always have a book table when you come and do this, your books and your CDs and your teaching stuff. So I'm carrying Bob Larson's book stuff and setting up his book table for him. 48 hours after I got a call to become a deliverance ministry and find Bob Larson. Do you hear how crazy coincidentally 
that is? Well, it's no coincidence. There's no way you could line that up. I'm literally standing there at the man's book table, setting his books up, talking to him, hearing chatter, you know, people come up small talking with him, getting him to sign books and all that. We get through, we go to dinner, he and I and this other pastor. And we're sitting there talking about all this spiritual, supernatural stuff, deliverance. That's his whole thing was deliverance. And he, he has a different approach to doing deliverance than, than I do. Or Really, you will find that every deliverance minister I've ever known has their own approach. They'll do some things this, in the same way, but they're all different. It's, it's like every miracle Jesus did. There was a different slant to it. There was something. One time, you know, the guy puts mud on his eyes. Another one, he lets a guy die, and then he calls him back from the dead when he didn't have to let him die. So it's always a different thing. But here I am with Bob Larson, and what that did, it wasn't that I was, listen here to what I'm going to say. It wasn't that I was supposed to mimic everything and learn everything Bob Larson did and become a, um, a disciple of Bob Larson and him be my spiritual guru. It was he used that to activate me because that was the last time I ever spoke with or, you know, had anything to do with Bob. And not in a bad way. I mean, it's just shortly after that, the affiliate church in Waco moved to Dallas and I don't, and it was not affiliated anymore or, or something, but there's no, no bad things happened. It just did. But God used that to activate me and start to train me in how to become a deliverance minister. And everything after that was just fast tracked. It was, it was one uh, crazy occurrence after another, one after another. I was playing in a um, praise band at the time. I, of all things, I was in a Mexican church. You know, I felt the Lord led me to this Mexican church. That's a whole nother story. I just, he said, go there. And I pulled in and it was a church. They spoke English, but it was basically a Spanish church. Very sweet people. I walked in the first night and Wednesday night and I sat on the back pew. Okay. And there were like 10 people in there and they were all Hispanic and they were singing. And math thought these guys sound good. Well, come to find out they were a family praise band that was one of the best in Texas. They sang beautifully and they played beautifully. They had a one of the guys in the band was a musical savant, basically a genius. He could play everything, and he it was amazing. So I'm sitting on the back row of this church, and these people, uh, the the praise singer, the girl, stopped the service and looked at me and said, "Sir, welcome to our church." <laughs> I said, well, "Thank you. I'm glad to be here." They started the music back. They started singing. She stopped it again. Sir, I feel like the Lord led you to our church. I said, well, I felt kind of led to come in. Shannon, I don't, I don't know these people. I've never said eyes on. They don't know who I am. I'm on the back pew. I'm the only his, non-Hispanic in there. She said, sir, do you happen to play the guitar? And she doesn't know who I am. She doesn't know anything. I said, as a matter of fact, I... I do play the guitar. She said, from, from well, on the microphone, she said, well, I don't mean just play the guitar like you can play some chords. I'm talking about, can you play that guitar? And I said, ma'am, I'm a professional lead guitarist. 
I can play that guitar. The whole church erupted. They jumped up. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Half of it in Spanish, half of it in English. Because they had been praying for a lead guitarist to come. Their band needed a guitar, needed that lead guitar. So they said, God, you're going to have to send us one. Now, Shannon, that was that's what. I, so I'm there. This is, I, dude, you can't make this up. <laughs> they said, after you know, they stopped everything. They came and talked to me and said, "What's your name?" I said, "Well, I'm Rick Bell, and I play I play guitar." And the girl, the leader, said, "I've got the feeling you don't even need to practice. The Lord tells me you can just show up and play." I said, "That's that's yeah, that's true. I I can play. I don't have to practice. I'll know whatever it is, even if it's a song I've never heard. I'll be able to play it on the spot instantly." I play by ear and I know I know what chords are coming up and I can just play. It's it's like a miracle. I can just play. She said, can this was on a Wednesday? She said, Can you play a concert with us Saturday? I said, I think I can. I don't have anything to do. She said, I want you to come do a concert. We did. We went over to a Mexican Hispanic, you know, church uh, about 30 miles away. And they had a real nice, it's a beautiful church. Um, Hispanic though, there was no English. The only English was spoken by the pastor. And I don't even think his wife spoke much English. It was truly a Hispanic church. Very nice. Uh, dressed up, you know, suit. It was not a casual thing. So we're performing in this sanctuary. It's a big sanctuary and they're singing and I'm playing behind them, the guitar. And the Lord speaks to me and says, stop the service, lay hands on the pastor's the pastor and his wife, and pray for them. Now, listen, this was not a spirit-filled church. This was like a Baptist, a Hispanic Baptist church. I ignored it, and I kept playing the guitar. And when you ignore what Lord, the Lord's telling you to do, it's like a weight that's on you. got heavier and heavier. The Lord said again, I told you to stop the service. Pray for the pastor and his wife. About the third time that the Lord said that to me, I stepped up. I had my guitar plugged into my amp on a, you know, one of those K it's a cable that plugs your guitar into your amp. It's called an instrument cable. And it wasn't one of those curly kind that expands. It was just had so much length on it. I stepped up and tapped the guy who sings the husband of the, the girl who was kind of running the thing. I tapped him on the shoulder and he's, he's singing and he stops. He leans over and I said, the Lord told me to stop the service and pray for, the pastor and his wife. And this guy looks at me like I'm smoking crack in the church or something. He said, what? I said, the Lord told me to stop the service and pray. I said it again. He looked at me. He said, well, brother, if that's what the Lord told you, we better be obedient. Bless his heart. He said, stop, 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 stop the music. Everything stopped. You could have heard a pin drop. I'm standing with my guitar on, around my neck. He says in English and in Spanish, says it first in Spanish. The Lord has instructed Brother Rick to pray for the pastor and his, the first lady, you know, they call her right now. Oh, so he, they came up. I was on a, a platform, right? The platform was probably eight inches high from, you, you know, a church platform. 
I walk to the end of my cord with my guitar still around my neck. I reach my hand out. I don't lay hands on them. I, I don't think they believed in the laying on of hands there. I, really, it was it was kind of a Baptist thing. I'm not n- not knocking Baptists, okay? I'm just saying their belief system did not go anything into the charismatic. Nothing there. I reached over toward the pastor and prayed. I don't even remember what I said. It was short, maybe 30, 40 seconds. And he was standing there receiving it. I stepped to my right. His wife stood right by him. She was dressed beautifully, impeccably dressed with a white dress, if I remember, and had high heels. Very, very attractive, pretty um, lady. I reached out. I did not touch her, you know, as I didn't touch the pastor, but I reached my hand toward her head. And as I got within about 12 inches of her head, she flew off her feet backwards. No one touched her. I didn't touch her. She literally flew backwards and hit the carpet and started shaking and muttering something. And it, it was in, sounded like tongues to me. Now, they didn't speak in tongues. When she, did, when she flew back like that, I was still plugged into my, my amp. I couldn't follow her. So I took a step and it, you know, nearly pulled my amplifier off the deal. Then I realized, oh, I better take my guitar off. I just unplugged my guitar, left it around my neck, and I went down there and kneeled, knelt down next to her, didn't touch her, put my hand over her and just started praying. I don't know what I was saying because when you're in the spirit, you don't know those things. Didn't know. All right. That all took about 25 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. They came to, it was, you know, wow, something had happened. We finished the concert. Everyone went um, to eat. In the fellowship hall next door, they always had the best food at those um, his, those Spanish churches. My goodness, the food was amazing. The after event food, which I played a lot of events with them, so I I knew I got to know this well. After the church service, a young pastor from Guatemala and his wife and their baby that looked to be about three four months old. The the mama was holding. These were um, short. She was a very short and petite kind of uh, a lady. The pastor was not tall either. He was, you know, just a smaller Guatemalan type. And they came up and began to, he asked me a question. His wife did not speak English. He said, my wife wants to ask you something. She felt something happen when you were praying for the first lady. And something in her started stirring up. And now, listen, Shannon, I don't know anything about any of this yet. All right. I'm just fresh off my Bob Larson encounter. I'm playing music in this church. I had no idea about any of this spiritual warfare stuff. The pastor from Guatemala said, my wife is having a dream. She wants to ask you what it means. And she was speaking in uh, Spanish to him and he was interpreting it to me in English. All right. So she says there's a tiger in her dream. And the tiger is trying to devour her and the baby. And this tiger is very aggressive, and he, he comes to her a lot in her dream. She, and he said, she wants to know what that means. Some, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, tell her that tiger is a demon. And there's a demon in her life that's trying to destroy her. He said, okay. So he turned to her. In, in Spanish to interpret what I said. 
And when he got to the word demon, she's standing right next to him listening with the baby in her arms. He's between she and I, and I'm standing there, and my wife is standing on the right. When I say, when he says to her, there's a demon, when he said the word demon, she let out a shriek like I've never heard, like a banshee. It was, no one else was in the auditorium. Everyone had gone over to eat, all right? We were the only ones in the sanctuary. This pastor, his wife, that little baby, and me and my wife. She let out a shriek, and she threw her arms. That baby went flying in the air, went up, came down like a football. My wife happened to be exactly where she needed to be to catch that baby in, a cr- in her cradling in her arms. And this little mother started to manifest that demon it came up in her, and it was, it's, we're in the church now. She's a quiet little pastor's wife, and she's going off. She is, she's an animal in there. All I knew to do was put my hand on her head and say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, stop, stop. <laughs> I didn't know, Shannon. She calmed down. Eventually, we went over to eat, and I couldn't even eat. I was so distraught and upset at what had happened that I just kind of I sat there and the, stared at my tacos. All right. When it was over, driving home, I said to the Lord, I didn't know what to do today, Lord. I couldn't help that woman. But Lord... If you'll allow me, I will never repeat this scenario. Next time, I'll know what to do and how to help her. Okay. That was my, that was when I said, okay, I'm going to do this. Then the Lord started instructing me and he told me some unorthodox things. But what he told me, Shannon, was you need to study everything, not only that the Bible says about deliverance, but you need to find Win Worley and you need to find, um, he named a few others, uh, Derek Prince, a couple others, read everything. And I did, uh, studied it. He also said, you need to study everything you can learn about the occult and about witches and witchcraft, how they operate, what their spells are, how they use their spells. You need to, every television show about hauntings, haunted places, ghosts, watch them. You will learn things about how the demonic world works by watching them. The church will never watch them. They won't, they don't get this. They don't go to this level. But he said to me, it makes total sense. You cannot defeat an enemy that you don't understand and you don't have any intelligence on how they operate. You see, we would have lost World War II if we had not broken the Enigma machine. That was a code machine the Germans used. And the only reason we were able to stop the attacks of the submarines in the Atlantic Atlantic Ocean that was sinking all of our ships was because we captured an Enigma code machine and were able to break it. So we had intelligence. An army can't function without intelligence. 
what is one of the best, some of the best advice I ever got from the Lord. He said, learn everything about them, talk to them, find out how they do things, and they will reveal their tricks and their tips and their techniques. And you're going to have to know that when you go up against them. And if you doubt they have real power, check the obituaries of some of the great men and women of God who we have lost, who have died just in the last, let's say, 24 months, the last two years. I can go over a list. Some of them were personal friends of mine, and I'm talking giants in the deliverance world. Dr. Erica Shepard's one of them. Dr. Pat Holliday. Brother Marcus Samuel, uh, Russ Dizdar. You know, Shannon, you could probably add 20 more names to that. You know more of them than I do. Very sad. But if you think think they don't have power, you're wrong. You're mistaken. You need to find out how it works. You need to find out the things they say and what things you need to say because everything you say. See, we fight them with our words, our, our confession, if you will. What we say, the vibration that comes out of our mouth, it's either going to be powerful or it's going to be detrimental. And you have to learn how that all works. So I did, and I studied it, and it was, it's been a great education. But I'm here to tell you what we are facing now, and we will speak a lot more about this on our next, our next episode, is the greatest, gravest time in human history. And it is the advent of artificial intelligence what AI really means to people. You think the deep state was bad in 2020? You think the censorship has been bad on YouTube so far? Wait until AI begins to run those censorship algorithms. Every word you've ever said, Shannon Ray Davis, will be is cataloged in a major supercomputer somewhere. Every word Rick Bell, me, has ever said on these programs is cataloged, and they can, in about three and a half seconds, pull up a dossier on you or me. And at some point, they will do that in the future. Every time we come on these programs to do these broadcasts, You make a decision that once this goes out on the airwaves, it's out there forever. People don't count that cost. They don't think about it being a permanent thing. They say, oh, man, what a great, you know, ego boost to be out on a a program and be able to be recognized as a minister or a prophet or whatever. You're a fool if you think that way. You become a target. As I told you, the everything that can go wrong thing goes wrong. They, the enemy assigns a hitman to you. And though he may not be able to take you out or make you sick because you're praying the right prayers and staying in a state of spiritual warfare preparedness, you've been to the Holy Ghost gym, even though he may not be able to take you out, it's one little thing after another to get you discouraged. So it's not something that, hey, man, let me, when can I go on the radio? When can I do this? Hey, man, Shannon, when can you book me again, man? No, it's the opposite of that. You almost have to be dragged kicking and screaming because you know when you do this, 
you go into all the future AI algorithms into your dossier. And that AI at some point will be able to pull out sentences, words, phrases you've uttered over the last 13 years, Shannon, and I've uttered over the last eight years and put together um, a portrait of us that is quite unflattering. You understand what I'm saying? I know you do. Yes, sure. This is this is what AI is going to do to our world. You think we've had a shortage of truth now? The people running AI, the ones in charge of artificial intelligence, and if you don't know what that term means, it quite honestly is just a super duper on steroids computer. Think of the fastest computer you've ever had in your life that you can uh, get on the internet instantly with. And multiply that times 20 million. And then you've got a, a beginning idea of how smart AI is and what it can do. And it can already write books like Hemingway in about a minute, two, three minutes, however long it takes to compile the words, maybe four minutes. And you've got a masterpiece. You just give it a topic of what you want the book to basically be about, an outline. It's called a prompt. And it will churn it out for you. That's here now. When, al- when the AI algorithms are turned loose on us, the dissenters, the ones who have... You see, we're the ones that cause the deep state the problem. Because it's not political. The deep state is spiritual. It's supernatural. It's spiritual warfare is what we're in. It has nothing to do with politics. There's no such thing as Democrat and Republican. It's all the same. The Republicans and the Democrats, they are like the lawyers in your local town the lawyers will go to court and fight tooth and nail each other and you think god he's gotta hate that other lawyer they hate each other and that night they're at the country club yucking it up at the bar having a good old time because they all are part of the same machine one lawyer fights the other lawyer so that both the lawyers have fees from their clients you you see how that works it's all the same it's pro wrestling it's wwe wrestling it's entertainment the guys are all buddies they're not they don't hate each other there are no blood feuds they they make a living with each other they depend on each other to make a living boxing's the same way you can hear all the trash talk before the fight those guys need each other to make the big paydays. And after the fight, they're best friends. They were best friends before the fight. They're just acting out a role. So this AI thing, there's no such thing as politics. It's good against evil, spiritual warfare. And you're going to see things you can't imagine. And it's coming very quickly with your world around you. You think there was a lack of truth before? AI can lie like nothing you've ever seen. They can take morsels of truth and sprinkle it in. That's what a good liar does. And by the time you discern in the natural it's a lie, it's too late. The effect has already already happened. You're going to have to have spiritual discernment at a level that you've never had before in your life. We'll talk more about this. I'm, I'm going to be a regular doing the Omega Man show. But Shannon, I'm going to hand it back to you because we're just about at the end of our hour. My Go friend, ahead. My great worry great tonight, tonight. I want you to tell I people to about, tell heavenly about Heavenly Warriors. Heavenly Warriors, yeah, if you would, 
go to heavenlywarriors.com and please fill out my contact form. It's at the bottom of the page. You're not going to be spammed. You're not going on any kind of email list where you get stuff sent to you all the time. It's it's an important contact form that I have a book that's coming out and it is going to be released July 1st and it's my life story. It's called Boxing Blindfolded with Demons. And that book, I want to send you a, a free chapter and when the book is released, you'll be able to get it at basically free if you listen to me on Omega Man. I'm going to make a, a special discount thing if you've signed up and you're on my list. You're going to, It's going to be like 99 cents or something. It has to cost something uh, for it to go through, but, but I'm going to do that. The book's going to be available. Again, Boxing Blindfolded with Demons by Rick Bell. It's going to be available in uh, paperback ebook and audio for you people who like audio it's going to be an audio book which is becoming more and more popular and again you can find that at heavenly warriors h-e-a-v-e-n-l-y w-a-r-r-i-o-r-s dot com so shannon i'll give it back to you buddy fantastic fantastic god bless you god bless you i'm getting some loop back there rick can you hear it i can yeah okay yeah you were fading in and out there's a you were I'm not dropping sure what's in and out. On the loop back, little, uh, but it yeah. could be our Skype connection. But you're coming through great. Everything you said, uh, right on target, my friend. You want to close us in prayer today? Absolutely. Let me tell you, prayer is not just words you say. Prayer, get this concept. This is a paradigm shift for you. Prayer sends out a heavenly vibration. That's not a new age thing. Don't think of it as some oh vibration, new age. The words God spoke to bring the earth into existence have a vibration to them. Music is vibration. Everything is vibration. Everything vibrates. That's why the words you say are so important. They're not magic words. They have a heavenly or a hellish vibration to them. So prayer is heavenly. So when we say that, the vibration rearranges things. Imagine if the earth shook right now. Things would shake in your on your desk where you're sitting. That's vibration. Well, on a very smaller scale, that's what prayer does. Saying the words that uh, come from your spirit, man. And when you don't know how to pray as you should, the Bible says uh, the spirit prays with, with utterings and groanings that are too deep for man. So let's pray. Father, we thank you right now that you've given us these platforms like Omega Man. I thank you for the men and women who have paid the price to be able to do this, like Shannon Davis and his family and his children, God, that he is such a diligent worker that he he sacrifices to be able to be on the air like this day and night with, without consideration of remuneration, of financial gain. Doesn't That's not why he does this. And God, we thank you, all of us as a collective. We look to you right now, God, to guide us through what we are going to face. Lord, open the eyes, open the ears of your people so that they may hear the message you have in this hour for us and keep us safe, deliver us from evil, and God, guide every step that we take so we don't make more missteps than we've already made. And we ask all of these things in the mighty, wonderful name of of Jesus. Amen. I say amen to that. Rick, God bless you, my friend. Thank you for coming on today. Great word. We'll see you again real soon. 
Yes, you will. God bless you, Shannon. Thank you, sir.